Yes, New Year. <clears throat> Comes around about once a year, doesn't it? Uh, you know, as human beings, <clears throat> we become aware of our existence first, uh, not exactly sure when, really, when the eyes of the understanding slowly begin to open, a child begins to perceive first it exists, and also then the passing of time. They become aware they don't have a real good handle on time. Are we there yet? I just told you five minutes ago, it's three more hours, okay? Uh, of course, they can't wait for Christmas. You know, they have Christmas, and how long they got to wait another year, and they just can't even comprehend that. Another year till Christmas or their birthday or something. <clears throat> but God gave us five senses in, in our makeup, in our bodies. Uh, eyes to see, ears to hear. We have taste, uh, touch, smelling. <clears throat> to perceive and to connect with our material world to begin to really perceive our existence. And again, the passing of time. We are finite, mortal beings, but that's not all of what we are. We are actually spiritual beings having a physical experience. It's not the other way around. We're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual. I know I've shared before uh, a little quote there from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said, you've never really met a true mortal. He said, if you could see what people really are, You'd be tempted to fall down and worship before some and run from others. If you could see what God sees, he told Samuel, you're looking on the outward, Samuel. I look on the inward. So God can see. We, we all, I mean, we can't see the inward of other people like he does. Sometimes we're pretty transparent. Jesus said, by, a tree is known by its fruit. He ain't talking about trees, but a tree is known by its fruit. So are we as humans. An interesting thing, a little bit of a sidebar, where the devil is concerned. You see, God does know the heart, but guess what? The devil doesn't. It's obvious from the book of Job. From the book of Job. <clears throat> Job, when he made, or Satan, when he made an accusation against Job, he was talking generally speaking. He knew people, humans, what we really are like. And he was so sure, because when he was walking to and fro on the earth, and then he appeared one day with the sons of God before the Lord, and the Lord said, where have you been? He said, down the earth, walking to and fro in it. He said, you see my servant Job down there, upright, hates evil, fears me. The devil said, he ain't nothing. He's a phony. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. 
He said, you build a hedge around him. You, you turn everything that dude touches into gold. If you took that away from him, if you backed off from him, you took away that protection, he would curse you to your face. The angels are standing there listening to this. Well, would he? God said, okay. Go ahead. You can touch his things, but don't touch him. In the first attack. Boom, man. One afternoon, kids, dad, ten of them. Boom. His servants attacked and killed and his herds and his flocks because he's the richest man in the East. <clears throat> Job shaved his head, tore his robe, said the Lord. He said, Naked I came into this world and that's how I'm going out. The Lord giveth, the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He did not respond predictably like Satan said he would. Oh, that tells us something. Satan doesn't know for sure. He knows your weakness. He examines your faith. He's our adversary. As you know, Job gets attacked again. Same thing. This time he is allowed to touch his body, but not to kill him. So he's got boils from head to toe. Same thing. I mean, if you read the book of Job, it's quite a story. But he never charges God, uh, as his wife said, curse God and die, fool. <laughs> Job says, foolish woman, we're going to receive only the good things from God and not the, not the bad. He did not charge God wrongly. His friends did, but Job did not. Interesting book. There's a lot of lessons in there for us in that book. All Job did say is, Lord, I'd sure like to talk about this if we you know, had the chance here. You know, is it possible maybe we could uh, talk about, like, what's happening here? Uh, so God later says at the end of the book, stand up, gird yourself like a man. You want to talk? Let's talk. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Where were you when I told the sea you'll come no far? Where were you when I, and Job is like, ooh, boy. Do you realize he goes on for a couple, three chapters? Job couldn't answer one question that God had for him. So God's like, so what be the point in dialogue here? But Job maintained his integrity. This experience down here is going to test us to the max. <clears throat> We've only got so much time here, though. And that is what's so important. Time is passing by. It's moving like sand in an hourglass. You get that picture, you know, the hourglass. They take it, they flip it upside down. Uh, Blaine mentioned he has another grandbaby. Well, when that baby was born, that hourglass was set, and now the time is running out. From the time you're born, you begin to die. You only got so much time, so many minutes, so many hours, so many days, so many years. And it was Moses that gave us this insight in Psalms 90 that the days of a man's years will be three score and ten, seventy. And if he's strong, eighty. But he's still cut off and he flies away. Lord, teach us then to number our days that we may incline our hearts to wisdom. We need to pay attention to what's going on down here, man. Because when a second is gone, it can't be called back. You only have so many seconds. 
You only have so many minutes. You only have so many hours. When it's gone, it's gone. You can't claim it back. You can't recover it. It's gone. We've said before, this is an interesting thing we go through. All of us have a past. Well, guess what? The past is just that. It's the past. You can't change any of it. It's past. And God said, you don't know the future. He said, don't take no thought for your life. You have no idea what tomorrow will bring. So you don't have that yet. So what do we have? The here and the now. In fact, basically, since the time we've come here today, you know, this morning, uh, that's all past. All we have is the right here and the right now. And I like how Jesus said, so don't worry about tomorrow what you're going to eat, drink, and put on. God knows you have need of all that stuff. <clears throat> so he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things that you worry and fret about will be taken care of. <clears throat> Priority number one, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, that transformation process that we're called, if you've been called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, if you've been born again, obviously we refer to, you know, the assembly of the saints, the Christians, that's who we are. If we're born again, that is the whole point. The world's missing this whole thing, by the way. I mean, that's the other side of this thing. These people, whether they know it or not, they are not just here for the physical part of this life. I mean, there is a purpose. God said, I have created you for my glory. We need to incline our hearts to wisdom then. We've got to figure out what's happening. It's the Bible. The Bible is the only book. You know, we came from Vietnam a couple weeks ago, I guess. Do you realize whether it's Islam or Buddhism or Hindus or whatever, do you realize there's no other book down here that we have as human beings access to? And this is old, too, by the way. This is an American thing. This, I have to tell them Vietnamese. We're from America, but this isn't from America. This is from the Middle East. 2,000 years ago, the New Testament. In fact, it's from heaven. It's from the Creator. We can prove that. That's one of the first things we've got to be able to do is prove the Bible's the Word of God. It's not a cultural thing. It's a human thing. It's a human thing. But do you realize that there's no other book like it that says, In the beginning, and then come Lord Jesus. It takes you all the way from when the earth was dark without form, Nothing. And then God said, let there be light. It starts that way and it ends in flaming fire with Jesus coming back, taking vengeance on those who don't know God and those who do not obey. The it tells you why you were created, why, why you are here. I know I've said this before, that, uh, that John Lennox, he's a... Uh, mathematics professor, Oxford University. He's an older man. I guess he's still around. Doing a debate and giving a defense. Uh, I saw it on the YouTube. Somebody sent me a link. On He made a defense of why he was a Christian. I don't remember a whole lot of what the guy said, you know, but one of the things that he said, that Christianity is the only belief system in the entire world 
that answers the fundamental question on the hearts and minds of every single human being, whether they're Asians, Africans, Russians, Europeans, Americans, doesn't matter, human thing. Why am I here? Who am I? Does my life have any value? Uh, am, am I significant? What's my purpose? Do you realize it's the Bible, the Scripture? I happened to be just reading, uh, back when I first saw that, that uh, his defense of why he was a Christian, John Lennox, and I was reading in Ephesians 1 one morning, just because that was, I was going to, you know, my Bible. I'm reading in Ephesians 1, and do you realize in just the first, you know, 17 verses of the book, that's not even about half the chapter of Ephesians chapter 1. All those questions were answered about who am I, why am I here, do I have any purpose, is my life significant, do I have any value? All those were answered in those few scriptures. Chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That you would be holy, without blame, before God in love. Redeemed, purchased by his blood. Given this insight, wisdom, to know the reason, the purpose for which we were created. Blessed by the gift of his Holy Spirit, the guarantee we're going to make it. And adopted as children in the household of God. Does that make you important? Does that mean you have any significance, any purpose in your life? Our time is short. We have to come to this knowledge of the truth, inclining our hearts to wisdom and glorifying God in our lives. Paul said, you've been bought with a price. If you're a Christian, you are to glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. You see, this ain't about us. In fact, when you read, when you read the whole Bible, it's Jesus that tells you, you know what? He's the judge, too, by the way. He says that in Gospel of John, chapter 5. He said, Father judges no one, but has committed all the judgment to the Son. Paul said, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive for the deeds done in our body, good or bad. It's appointed unto men once to die, the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 9, 27. Pointed unto men once to die, and then what? Judgment. Now that could be a good thing or a bad thing to receive for the deeds done in the body, good or bad. For those on his right hand, he says in Matthew chapter 25, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, I was in prison, you came to me. Lord, when did we ever see you like this? When you did it to the least of those, to the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. Well done, good and faithful servants. So that's a good thing, judgment. Unless you're those on the left. Then he says to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed. And everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels because he was raping and pillaging and plunder. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, I was hungry. Didn't give me nothing to eat. Thirsty. Didn't give me nothing to drink. Sick, in prison, naked. Didn't do nothing for me. Lord, when did we see you like that and not do anything for you? When you did it not, to the least of these, you didn't do it for me. These, he said, will go into everlasting fire. Everlasting torment from the presence of God. The others into life eternal. 
Woo! Jesus said, few will find it. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. He said, enter at that straight gate, that narrow gate, because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to uh, destruction. Many going in that way. Did I say that right? Good. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few will find it. Jesus the judge. In fact, he's the architect. He's the author and the perfecter of this entire eternal purpose of God. Where you get that information? It's in the Bible. Wonder if a person never reads the Bible. I guess they don't know what's in there, Dan. You know. All right. God has given us five senses to perceive and we can know. I'm just turning Romans 1 real quick. Romans chapter 1, you guys know this. The creation itself. Verse 18 tells us in Romans chapter 1, ah, verse 18, we will start there. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Can you suppress truth? Well, yes, the, it, the truth being suppressed right now in this crazy world of ours. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. He's shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. No excuse. Because although they knew God, didn't want to glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, their foolish hearts are darkened, professing to be wise, to become fools. Do you realize what our, our culture, America, is talking about today? With all this craziness, this gender stuff, and woke stuff, and gee whiz, they're putting kitty litter boxes in schools if the kid thinks he's a cat. Do you think I'm kidding? I'm telling you the truth. Professing to be wise, they become complete fools. It's not just here. It's catching on fast all over the world. Europe is way ahead of us in that. They're, they're 15 years. They've been losing their minds before finally we're losing it here. I ain't getting political. I'm just telling you, that's our world. Now, let me make another point here. I'm going to read First Psalms 19. Another way that this is declared, Psalms 19 it tells us that this, like it says, by the things that are made, we can know God exists. Psalms 19, David said the heavens declare the glory of God. That means this thing is speaking to us, because that's what he's going to say. The firmament shows his handiwork. We got eyes to see and ears to hear what's being declared here. Day unto day utter speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. This creation is screaming to us that God is. There's not no place where this voice isn't heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words, words, the words of the creation, speaking to the ends of the world. 
There's not no place in this world where this is not seen and understood. I'll give you this too, just uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Remember what uh, Moses said, and this is what Moses actually is just kind of referring to. He says in Moses chapter, Moses chapter 30, Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses said, verse 19, speaking to God's people, I call heaven and earth as what? Witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, hint, hint, choose life that both you and your descendants shall live. He said, I, I'm setting a choice before you. Good and evil, life and death. Choose life. You want to live? Choose life. You know, the people that perish when Jesus said, you've got to enter at that straight gate, that narrow way, you know, because so many going in the other way, the big wide way, the broad way, many going that way to destruction. He said, you've got to enter at the narrow way. Why would so many people be going into destruction? You think they want to? God so loved the world, remember, gave his only begotten son, whoever believed in him would what? Not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved, he gave a choice so the people didn't have to perish, but Jesus said, yeah, but most will. Well, why are they perishing? They're signing up for that. He said, you got to choose life. You see, what's happening is the people... It's not like they said, well, sign me up for hell, please. I think I'll go to hell. Most of my friends are going there, so you can put me down. Uh, that's not what they're doing. Well, why are they perishing? When it says he's coming back, you know, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, he's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that do not know God and them that do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize how narrow that is when you look at the world as a whole? You know, you tend to look around here, maybe in the United States of America, you drive through some town, you got churches on every other corner, and you think, well, America's pretty cool. Not really. But I have a map on my wall downstairs because of our humanitarian efforts. You know, it's a map of the world. When you look at that world, you realize that most of this world does not believe in the Lord Jesus, certainly not obeying him. How do you know whether they're obeying them or not? Read the Bible. tells you what you're supposed to be doing to obey the Lord. Anybody just going to church? It's a lot more than that to be born again. Let's go through a transformation process. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? Well, that's a fair question. That question will be answered one day. But going back to what we were saying... Here we are, these mortal finite little beings down here for a very short period of time. James tells us in chapter 4, James chapter 4 and 14, what is your life? It's only a vapor, appears for a little while, and then it, passes, it vanishes. He said our lives are nothing. Our, it appears for just a little while. Oh man, when you really think about it, from the time of the innocence of your youth... When you're clueless. That's what God says. When they're little, they're innocent. Why? They have no knowledge of good or evil. He actually drew the line at 20. Now, that's significant. 
teenagers are old enough to, you know, kids can be taught right and wrong. Don't forget that. But the knowledge of good and evil, that was what the tree was in the garden. There's a difference between knowledge of good and evil and right and wrong. You can teach the food dog right and wrong with a newspaper. Hey, he's supposed to be on the couch. <clears throat> the child can know right and wrong. You're supposed to train the child with right and wrong and the route of correction as needed. Good and evil's different. Teenagers can get into all kinds of trouble, get each other pregnant, you know, do stupid things, get in trouble with the law. They're immature. That's a human thing. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought, I spoke, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. Jesus and Paul both referred to the child as 12. Still a child. But God drew the line for that kind of where he holds people accountable. Old Testament was 20. That's significant. That means 19 and below, they were cool. New Testament doesn't give an age of accountability, but it does give us criteria. Old enough to get married, old enough to go to war, old enough to take over the family business. That's not something you give to a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old. That's another subject. I ain't going there. <clears throat> Notice he said that 2,000 years ago, there was enough evidence in the creation to leave people without excuse. Now we have microscopes. Now we have telescopes. Which way do you want to look to see the glory of God? Gee whiz, you can look out. They had no idea. There was a time they thought there was 3,000 stars. You've got to be kidding. There's trillions of them. There's galaxies and nebulas, and it goes on and on and on and on and on, and they can't even see the end of it. In fact, they said it's expanding. They can tell by the color, and I don't understand all this stuff. If the light's coming towards you, it's a red light. If it's going away from you, it's a blue light. Okay, I'll accept that if you say so. They can't even begin to see the end of this thing. And you know what it is, and this is where I'm going. It's a clock, by the way. Tick. Talk, tick, tock, it's a clock. We are surrounded with a creation that's screaming to us that God is. And then according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, he put those celestial bodies in the sky for the marking of time. For the marking of time. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons, for days and for years, for marking time. Time is a physical thing. Time is a part of the creation because it's not where God lives. They're, they don't have any clocks in heaven. There's no calendars. There's no time. A day with the Lord, Peter says in Second Peter 3, a day with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. There is no time. <clears throat> time is for here. And we are to, Lord, teach us then because we have 70 or 80 years. And you see that's roughly true. Some people die before that, obviously. Some people, like my in-laws, live in their 90s, whose dad's passed now at 97 
gee whiz, he had his four score and some change. And her mom is still, we'll see here in a little bit, she's in her 90s. But generally, well, you see, that's about right, 70, 80. I, for one, don't want to live to be 90 after I've seen my father-in-law or my mother-in-law. I don't want to move from my recliner to my wheelchair, my wheelchair back to my recliner. I'm cool with getting out of here as soon as I feel that I can't be productive anymore. But So with the telescope, we can see the glory of God in the heavens. We see it in front of us. We, we can look and look and look. In the microscope, you can look down in there and see cells and deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA, uh, all kinds of weird little things, little machines working in every little individual cell. And you realize there is no way that stuff with no guiding hand and no intelligence just put itself together to create while we're looking at the fool. Psalms 14 says in his heart, there ain't no God. That's a fool, all right. And that was said 2,000 years. Well, David said, the fool said in his heart, said that's 3,000 years ago. <clears throat> he gave us this clock for the marking of time. Tick, tock, tick, tock. And that's not some Chinese software, what do you call, social media thingy, tick, tock. I ain't talking about that tick, tock. I'm not talking about a time bomb necessarily. However, you could look at it like a time bomb. Because in 2 Peter chapter 3, he said the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night when the heavens are going to explode with a tremendous noise and the heaven and the earth are going to melt. But that's not the clock I want to talk about. I want us to pay attention because that's part of our creation here. Imagine that. We are surrounded with this thing called time. There's a clock up there that I'm ignoring. As you know, I usually do. I have a clock right here on my wrist. I have a clock here on my phone and a calendar. I have a clock on the dashboard built into my car. In fact, there's two clocks in my car, a regular one and a digital one. Uh, tick tock, tick tock clocks. We are surrounded by the passing of time. We were here last night. Kristen had this here video slideshow going of a lot of you guys back in the day when you had hair. <laughs> back in the day when you had color in your hair, even me. And what did we see? It was kind of funny. We were all looking, oh, look at that. Look at, who the heck is that? And we get a kick out of that. It's funny. But you know what? I know I've said it. I've, I know Sue says it. And I heard you guys say, you know, real, you, when you see yourself, remember, you were young. We were, when we were young in those pictures, We've got kids here that are older than we were when those pictures were taken. This time-passing thing is weird, man. And you know, the thing is, I know Sue said it, I say the same thing. I don't feel old. 
I can't deny when I look in the mirror, though, that the outward man is perishing, as Paul said, according to 2 Corinthians 4.16, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's a whole idea. We're moving through this place. That's why we need to incline our hearts to wisdom. We have to number our days so that we stay really aware of what's important every day. Because I'll tell you what, if you're not focused on things above, Paul said for the Christian, here's the deal. We need, if you've been raised with Christ, he says, if you've been born again, now you're born again of water and spirit, that new birth. He said, now, if you've been born again, well, then set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Why? He said, because you died. You died. Did I? Well, he's not talking about physical death. When you become a Christian, you make a transition from this world Materially speaking, Paul would even say in Romans 8, verse 8 and 9, those in the flesh, he said, can't please God. Now, Romans 8, verse 8 and 9, those in the flesh can't please God. But he said to the Christian, but you're not in the flesh. You in the spirit. If the spirit of God dwells in you, he said, now, if anyone don't have the spirit of Christ, he said, he ain't his. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Holy Spirit, isn't that interesting? The apostle put Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Christian all in the same passage. That's, what, that's a new birth, all right. And he said, you're not from here anymore. Jesus said, Father, they're going to be in the world. I'm sending them in the world like you sent me in the world, John 17. He said, but they're not of the world. But I'm going to send them into the world. Paul would say, you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. What? What kind of nonsense talk is that? Well, it seems when he told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again if you want to go to heaven. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? How's that work? Where's that information? In the Bible. This is a real deal here. This baby's moving. Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour when this ends. He said, the angels don't know. In fact, he said, I don't even know. Only my father knows. This clock is ticking. Tick, tock, tick, tock. And then for some people, it's a t bomb for some, maybe. Or it's another moment we're closer. We're closer to our reward. Remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 13. To who? The Christians. He says in Romans chapter 13, don't owe anyone anything, but for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandment. Now notice this. This is the actual covenant law of ten commandments. Who's, who's Paul speaking to? Jews? No. Christians. And what's he say to the Christian? You should not commit adultery, murder, bear false witness, don't be coveted, any other commandment. No, he's quoting out of the Old Testament covenant, saying then if there's any other commandments, all summed up in this one saying, namely, you shall love your neighbors yourself. Now, remember what Jesus said when he was asked in Matthew chapter 22, what was the greatest commandment in the law? He said, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. And then he said, Jesus said in the second great commandment, just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on this, these two commandments, 
paying all the law and the prophets. Jesus just summarized the whole mosaic, 1,500 years of the law of Moses. He said it was all about loving God and loving your neighbors yourself. <laughs> I'm sure those religious guys that asked him that question, them Jews, were thinking, I'm sure it's got something to do with the proper way to offer the sacrifice or how to set up a good stoning pit and get the good right-sized stones in there, you know, something like that, something, you know, really religious, man. I'm, and Jesus said, love, love, love God with all your heart and soul, your strength. In fact, love your neighbors yourself. He said, that, that's what it's all about. They probably thought, love, love. This is about love? Yeah. Because you don't see that with some of these religious guys. It's off with their head. They threw that woman right in front of him. They caught, we caught her in the act of adultery. Hey, you, Mr. Know-it-all, what do you got to say about that? You know, Moses says, you know, what we ought to be doing is bashing her. You know, we ought to be stoning her. What do you say, smarty pants? He said, well, go ahead. He who's without sin among you, go ahead, cast the first stone. So he didn't say don't do it. <laughs> they couldn't do it, could they? So do this, Paul says in Romans 13. It's all summed up in this one saying, love your neighbors yourself. Love doesn't do no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of all. And he said, now do this. Knowing the time, tick, tock, tick, tock, that now it's high time. Wake up out of sleep. Who's speaking? Paul to who? Christians. Our salvation's nearer. The sand is running through the hourglass. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us, Christians, put on the armor of light. Let us, Christians, walk decently as in the day, not in revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, and lust, not in strife and envy, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its desires. Paul said, walk in the spirit and won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. Wake up. If the apostle Paul's got to encourage the Christians to start paying attention to the time. The time is, the night is far spent. Our salvation, this is coming. You know, Death is obviously a reality that many of us have been around, associated with. I know you guys are still involved with EMS and fire and rescue and all that jazz, like Jeff and I used to be some years ago. And I've been on many a scene. That guy didn't think he was going to be dead when he ended up dead. Suddenly, instantly, what a surprise. told you I worked with a guy in the back dock. He knew I had started, you know, got involved with became a Christian. He said, yeah, I need to get in the good book one of these days. 
I said, hey, smokehead, because he was always hiring a kite. He called me juice on the loose because I was drunk all the time. <clears throat> I said, hey, smoke for brains. I said, you're going to have to get serious about this one. Yeah, I'll do it one of these days. And then I was on the rescue squad, and I'm out here in the field baling hay with my dad at the time. Uh, and uh, the ambulance went by, and that was my duty weekend. And I went back after I got done baling some hay, and I told them, hey, I'm going to get cleaned up. I'll come back. I said, I saw you go by with the rig, man. What'd you have? They said, oh, fatal motorcycle crash right down from where you were at. I go, really? Yeah, you might have known the guy. He worked up to the federal center where I worked. I said, what's his, what's his name? He, they said, Rick Reinitz. The guy I was talking to the day before was dead within 24 hours. Tick, talk, tick, talk. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul said, look, you was once darkness. You was once darkness. Verse 8, but now you're light in the Lord. Now walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, the light, is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what's acceptable to the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose it. It's even a shame to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, and whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, wake up. The prophecy of the Old Testament, awake you who sleep, rise from the dead. Christ will give you light. Season you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Tick tock, the time is running out. Here we are in a creation that screams to us that God exists. Here we are in our in our in our for our mortal finite little mortal coil as brother jay would like to call it a mortal coil as we're we're passing through with the outward men now perishing but the inward man being renewed day by day it's only this word of god that explains this whole process to us man shall not live by bread alone jesus said but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god and we need to redeem the time that's like buying it back, making the most is what he's saying of every moment of every day. Look, we can chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. You can't sit around all day long reading your Bible. I get that. It's God that told us that we need sleep. You don't sleep, you die. You don't have to lay in the bed all day, though. You know, whatever you got to have, man. And you got to eat food. And maybe two or three times a day. Hey, in most countries, they got to plant that. You got to work that ground, plant that crop. They got to work it, work it, work it. They don't go to the big box store to get their supplies. So they got to harvest that. Then it's got to be prepared. And, you know, half the time you ramp up to, to prepare a meal and then you eat it and then you got to clean up after the meal so you can ramp up and prepare the next one. And, and families, husbands and wives, children, we have a whole lot of things that God blessed us with, including gainful employment, that yes, when you've only got 24 hours in a day and you're sleeping a third of it, legitimately, let's say, well, where do we have time to grow as a spiritual being? Because the way God designed this whole thing, we can do both. 
We can do both. We can be in the world, but not of the world. We can go to our jobs. We can earn our money. We can be there for our families, raise our kids, and do all the things that we need to do. Because Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Set some time aside to make sure. I, for one, I get up in the morning. I like the quiet time. The phone ain't ringing. Ain't nothing on the calendar. For me, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. To get up, you get an hour's worth in of reading the Word. Read for understanding. Don't just read to read to just go through, okay, I read my Bible today. Because it'll just go in one ear right out the other unless it's relevant, real and relevant to your, our lives. In fact, when it becomes a delight, like Psalms 1 said, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. As Paul said in Romans, said, I delight in the law of God according to my inward man. This is interesting stuff. It's real and relevant to our eternal life because our physical life, as he already indicates to us, the outward man is perishing. You may not feel it because the spirit doesn't age. It's the outer man that ages. And I think God gave us these like this so you could look in the mirror once in a while and realize, man, I'm getting old. means I'm running out of time. That's just the way of all the earth because he's preparing us for the next place. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm getting it ready for you. And the way you're going to go and be acceptable in that next place is to get it together and understand what the will of the Lord is now. And redeeming the time, because these days are evil, man. We need some hope, and it's God that gives us that hope, that purpose, tells us who we are, that we have value, there's, there's, uh, we're significant here, we're made for his glory, not for us just to... Uh, have good retirements one day. Thank you for your attention this morning. God bless you. Happy New Year.